during this season, we always look at this week is called by Christians globally Passion Week, where we begin to look at the life of Christ Himself. Like Sunday, we looked at Jesus Christ riding the donkey to Jerusalem. And we call that Sunday Palm Sunday. And then we look at the works that Jesus did within the in the last seven days before he before he went to Calvary. <clears throat> but I will said that to you. What came to my spirit to teach you during this period is that man Jesus. Write it down as your topic. <clears throat> that man Jesus. While I was praying. You will have had me prayed in the midst of my prayer that thank you, Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for the privilege you have given to us to share with you in your sonship because he is the Son of God. And through him we have become the Son of God. In your divinity, because he is the divine one, and through Jesus Christ, we have, partake, we have partaken in the divinity of the Father. So I'll be looking throughout this season, that man, Jesus. But for today, we want to look at who is Jesus Christ. And we'll look at the book of Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. I love to look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 because it gave a reflection of who Jesus Christ is. It's one of the scriptures that give reflection of who Jesus is. That scripture says, verse 15, He is the image of the invisible God. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Shall we read together? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Do you know what the word image means? It means it is the true reflection of the invisible God. In other words, it is the physical manifestation of the invisible God. Keep that in your mind. Something about the word image is this. An image cannot act by its volition. An image is a reflection of an object. So anything you see image do, image is doing it because that is what the object is doing. In another words, when you stand again before the mirror, you are the object. What you see behind the mirror is your image. It is impossible for your image to smile when you are frowning. Alright? It is impossible for your image to start working when you are standing still. If you look in the mirror and you are looking at yourself, and that guy you are looking decided to wink his eye to you, you will feel strange, isn't it? Now, this is a fact. Your image has no volition of itself. He cannot do anything. The only thing that your image can do is what you, the object, is doing. And what you do, simultaneously, is what your image does. In the situation where people cannot see you, and they can see your image, who have they seen? You. Because you are your image. Are we together now? Are you following me? Now, I teach you for two reasons. One, for you to know the truth. And two, for you to be able to teach the truth. Because there are many questions out of the church, outside the church, that many Christians just answer, but they do not have the logical mind to express why that answer is so. Do you understand me now? If I teach on the doctrine of Trinity, this is one of the scriptures that really tells us that Jesus is God himself. Because it says, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So if Jesus is the image of the invisible God, it means that an image cannot exist 
because he is a reflection of an object that exists. Are you with me now? So, you cannot have an image without an object. Really, the image is just the object, but in reflection. Everything the image is, the object is. And everything the object is, the image is. And if the Bible says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, I will conclude that he is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Okay? Come on now, are you hearing me? I'm sure I'm not logical. I'm not too... Um, is this no logic here? <laughs> are we in agreement? Let me help you understand something about image. Those of us who did physics, we understand the properties of an image. Some standard properties you can never forget. If, if an object is standing, when you stand before the mirror, okay, and you are looking at yourself, a plain mirror, what you see behind the mirror is called your image. Now, the first principle is that the distance between the object and the mirror is the distance between the object, the mirror, and the image. And that's another principle that tells us that the image is lateral inversion of the object. Which means that if you lift up your right hand, your image cannot lift up his right left hand. Because you are lateral inversion. Another thing is that the image is always looking at the object. Because when the object is looking at the image, the image is looking at the object. So the object, the image does not exist, but the object does. Which means, if you draw rays from the object to the image, you will discover that they are the same size, they have the same capacity, they have the same tenacity. Therefore, just leaving it here, because I'm not talking to scientists, but I'm talking to layman like myself. If the Bible says Jesus is the image of the invisible God, it means that Jesus is the manifestation, physical manifestation of the Spirit God. And I will give you, did Jesus claim to be? Of course, we'll look at the scriptures. But the second, the next verse says, <clears throat> we are looking at who is this Jesus. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn and moreover all creation. Jesus became the firstborn as he, he came into, into the, in the womb of a woman and he was born by a woman so that he can share in flesh with us. He is the firstborn of all creation. He was before creation was made. By him creation was made. And without him nothing was made. And verse 16 says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. It says, For by him all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth. Things that are visible are things that are invisible. Whether thrones or powers, or the other one call it dominions, or principalities, rulers or authorities, Either visible rulers and thrones, or invisible rulers and thrones, they were created by him. And I love that scripture, and it says, and for him. All visible and invisible things were created by him, and for him. Of course, someone will say, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, let's see very quickly verse 1. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and 
the earth. And then it says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God over us, over the water. This is talking about the beginning. And then the next verse says, And God said, Let there be light. And then what happened? Light beat. There was light. If we look at the evidence of this scripture, if in Philippians it says, He is before all things, and He is the creator of all things, those things that are visible are invisible. And then in Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, stop at that creation. When it says God created the heavens and the earth, and then Philippians said that it is He, Jesus, who created all things. Then you can begin to understand why Jesus is God Himself. God is the one who came in the form you call Jesus Christ. That is one evidence. The next evidence it says, God, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says, now the earth was formless and void. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. So which means that light, which became visible, was created by God. Now, and if you look at it, each creation thereafter was spoken to be. God spoke and they happened. 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 Now, can you show me my words I've been speaking right now? Where is it? You can't see my words. So now, when God spoke, the word of a man is part of the man. The word you speak comes back to you. Because it's your word. Alright? So, if God spoke, and the Bible says Jesus created and God created in, in the first verse. But then, the second verse showed us how God created. That God spoke a word and the word brought the creation. Alright? Look at John chapter 1. God spoke a word and the word created all those things. Those things were created because God spoke words. It says, in the beginning was the word. So, in the beginning, in Genesis, God spoke the word. And the word brought the creation. And this scripture, John says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. You can see three manifestations. Let me help you understand again because of those of you who will meet people who try to play intelligence which they do not really understand or have. Go back to Philippians 2. New Colossians 1.15. That's what we're looking at, isn't it? Very quickly, please, on that board. Jesus... The Bible says there, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Alright, the next one. For by Him all things were created. By Him. In other words, He created all things. Yes? In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things you are created by Him, Jesus Christ. Yes? And for Him, Jesus Christ. So if Colossians says that Jesus is the creator of all things. Okay? And Genesis 1, go back there. It says in the beginning, God created. Therefore, He is God Himself who created all things. Okay? But if we look at that Genesis, 
It says, in the beginning God created all, you know, the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and void. The Spirit of God was hovering over. And then God came into that voidness and said, let there be light, there was light. Let there be expanse, there was expanse. Let the light be separated, and it was separated. So, that Genesis, therefore, helps us understand that the God who created, created by his own word. The word of a man is the man himself, I told you. Okay? Now, for more clarity, John in chapter 1 now said, in the beginning was the Word. So if God is the beginning, and John said in the beginning was the Word, the Word must be God himself. So when God spoke, God spoke God out, which is the Word. Okay? And that's the reason why he could create. Because he is God himself. And it says in that John, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And it says that by him all things were made, nothing was made apart from the things that have been made, isn't it? Look at it again, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. So if the Word was in the beginning, and God was the beginning, then the Word was God. Are you with me now? Straightforward. It doesn't need, it, it's not subject to argument. And it says, and the word was with God. Okay? And the word was God. Okay? The word was in God because it is God himself. And the word was God himself. And when the time came for God to create, who is Christ himself, he spoke out of himself. And God came out of God and made things happen, which is the word of God. And the Bible says, in that John, the Word was God. By Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made. Listen to the next verse. In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. This is beginning to tell you the different forms of God. God, out of God came light. Let there be light, and there was light. It came out of God, who is Christ himself. And then he says in that scripture, and the light, the, so I'll go back to that scripture. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. So the light that man has came from the life that Christ released upon the earth. Okay? If you look at the next verse, therefore, he says, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it or cannot comprehend it. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot. And in the book of Matthew 7, he says that, Do you know you know that you are the light of the world? Okay? So, because God is light, that's the reason why those who are born of God are light themselves. Are you understanding how the word came that you are light of the world? Because it in him was life, the life was the light. Out of him came light and life. No wonder anybody who finds Jesus Christ finds life. No wonder, if you have been miserable before and you get born again, the first thing they will deal with is taking away your miserable, your, your miserability or your, your, your mis misery out of you. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> he will first take that out of you. You see a man who has been depressed and depressed and depressed, when he gets born again, he becomes bubbly. Because it is life that comes into you. You see a man that is dead, completely confused, you know, the moment he gets born again, direction comes straight away. One of the, you know, the, the, the greatest omen of salvation is the joy inexpressible that you just have. And that joy manifests in, in various, at various times. It could, it could manifest in the times that there is no reason to be happy. <laughs> it always manifests at the time. And somebody will be asking, what, what's making you happy, you know? It's, it's the Spirit of God, the life of God that is in you. Because in Him is life, the life is the light of men. And the light will shine in darkness. It is darkness that reveals light. Light in light can never be visible. Yes, but light in the midst of darkness instantly becomes visible. I love it. 
It says then, the light shines in darkness, but darkness has not understood it. Now, let me read just a few verses before we go to verse 12. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light. Who did John testify about? Jesus. And the Bible says, out of the world is life, and the life is the light. All right? He came to witness certify that about the light. So that through him all men may, may believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. The true light that gave light into every man. He gave light, he lightens every man. Understand light is life. He gave life to everybody. He was now coming to the world, okay? That he may take preeminence in everything, even in birth. The next verse says, He was in the world, and the world, and though the world was made through him, the world, the world did not recognize him. That he is the one who made the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next verse says, He came to that which was his own, but he, his own did not receive him. That is Israel, that is his choice. They did not receive him. Look at the next verse, I love this. Yet to all who receive him, that's where you and I came to be. To all who receive him, to all who receive to those who believe in his what? Name. He gave them what? The right to become children of God. Hallelujah. That's why when I was praying for you at the beginning of this meeting, I said, I thank you, Jesus, for giving us the privilege to be, to be son of God. To share with you in sonship. It's a high privilege. There is no son that is more son than any other son. Every son is a son. Hallelujah, somebody. Now he says, to those who believe in him, he gave the right or the power to become children of God or sons of God. And the next verse says, children born not of natural descent nor human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You are not born by decision of men. You are born of God by God himself. Now I've been sharing with you the church of the living God. And it says in that first Timothy uh, 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 3.15 that we are members of household of God. God has family on earth. We are the family. Those who believe in Jesus Christ are the Son of God. Those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, as their Messiah, they automatically become children of God. I love this. Look at the next verse. The Word became what? Flesh. And made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory. The glory of what? Shall we read that verse 14 together? Stop. Read the word of God. Mm -hmm. Listen to me, you have just been blessed, one blessing now. Because the Bible says, blessed are those who read aloud the word of this prophecy. Look, this, this month, this trip I went to Nigeria, on my second day in Nigeria, I was with Pastor Josiah, and suddenly I finished talking with him, I went up, and as I was, really from when I was sitting with him before I went up, God began to speak, and I didn't want to be disturbed. And I told him that, I'm hearing God, you know, but my discussion with you, God was speaking to me for one hour when I was speaking to him. And I said, you know, for the past one hour we have been talking, but God has been speaking to me. And my discussion with you is hindering my hearing. So I said to him, wait, I'm coming. I went up. And God said to me that, son, why is it that many of my children are under spell on earth? I said, Lord. He said, yes, spell is different from curse. I said, hmm? He said, okay, let me tell you. He says, spell is an influence that controls the mind and the action of man, contrary to his will. Are you with me now? 
When I went to check the dictionary meaning of spell, that was it. God, don't get it wrong. And he said to me that he began to tell me more. I'm, I'm really teaching you about this in the church. I will be teaching you seriously. I will did the, the, the teaching on the destiny. Okay? I'll be teaching you on this. And God began to show me how many Christians are, you know, not fulfilling their full potential because they are not able to deliver their mind and their thoughts from influence of Satan, which is the spell, Satan, that goes out of the devil. Now, I told you to read the Bible aloud. Why should a Christian read it when others are reading? That is spell. It's fair. You see, you heard the man of God say, read aloud. You don't understand why he said it. And suddenly I cannot say anything about God here that it does that did not come from God Himself. It was a word of mouth that Peter said to the to the to the to the man at the look at us. It was word of mouth, but it was the word of God. If he did not look at them, he would remain paralyzed forever. Spell will influence your mind to do the wrong thing. Though you will have done the right thing. And after you have done the wrong thing, you wake up to your consciousness, the consequences now face you. I didn't want to do that, but then, why? And I, as God was showing me, downloading to me, what can Christians do? He said, I gave them the mind of Christ. This seminar will talk about the mind of Christ. You know what we are looking at is that man, Jesus. Alright? So I want you to be 100% alert. Let me say this to you. Those who take drugs always believe that drug is doing them good, isn't it? Correct? No matter what you tell them, they will still be taking it. Somebody is in control. The same thing when a believer is doing anything that is contrary to the scripture. When you are before God... You must be more serious before God than before the judge of this world. But a good number of believers, when you are before God, that's the time your mind wanders. It's spell of the devil. Because at the very minute that God will have visited you, you're gone. You missed it. That is the reason why when you are standing before God, you must recognize you, all your respect you can give is there. When the word of God is spoken, it's not the word of man. The word of God is God himself. Either spoken out of the lips of man or the lips of angels. That is the reason why I said the word, my word that come out of my mouth. And how many of you have seen God, God's mouth? Show me, tell me when you see God's mouth. Now, God's mouth is in the servants of God, the mouth of the servant or the mouth of angels. That's all. So when God is speaking the Holy Word, every child of God is expected to be listening with curious mind, expecting to hear a revelation, connecting with your listening and attention, then you are not under spell. And then you can get what God is saying. And then something can happen to you by the same word. When it happens to others by that word, you will not be saying that really what happened there. Okay? And so, you must, none of you must allow anything to take away your attention. It is the spell of the devil. Are we together now? What I want to teach you this morning, what I'm teaching you this evening, okay, if I'm speaking to philosophers, it will be different. I will take it deeper. But I'm trying to help myself not to go too into philosophy, to make it known to you in layman's language. And I have proved to you that Jesus is God from five major scriptures. Right now as I've spoken. I will gather now. Now, your true knowledge of that determines the manifestation of your life. Because we are going into some other stuff now. So therefore, the short time I'm going to talk to you tonight, do not let anything from the devil... This way, your mind. That scripture says, the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, by him all things we have made, apart from him was nothing made. And the word became flesh, and then dwelt among us. 
We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. The church of the living God is built on the pillar of truth and the foundation of truth. Now, let me say this to you. The Bible says Jesus is full of grace and truth, which means that anything that is not gracious, if it happens to you, it cannot come from Jesus. Anything that is not truthful, if it happens to you, it cannot come from Jesus. Really, the Word of God is the truth. Anything different to the Word of God is not God who sent it. It may look good, but look behind it or beneath it is not God. It may look attractive, but it's not God. It may look, you feel it, but it's not God. Because Jesus is full of grace and truth. And I love the scripture because this scripture is so perfect. Look at the next verse. We're going to verse 17. He says, Just John testified concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he. Of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. We, when we went to Israel, we went to the, to the wilderness where John was trying this ride. When we went to visit Israel. Listen to me. It is true story about John. The next verse says... From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. This this is one of the scriptures that tells you a Christian cannot be cursed. Because you cannot get from a man what he does not have. Jesus is full of grace and truth. And from the fullness of His grace, you can only be blessed. To the blind, He said, receive your sight, and He saw. To the lame, He said, work, and He worked. To the dead, He said, rise up, and He rose rose up from the dead. To the one that is bent over, He said, daughter, you are set loose instantly. He was setting up. Because, you know, the fullness of the grace of Jesus brings one blessing and after the other. The blessing of yesterday is different from today. The blessing of tomorrow is more powerful than what you are seeing today. Hey, if you say amen, that's what it's going to be to you. Yeah, that's it. That's the reason why in Christianity, if you tell testimonies of the past, come on now, it's just a part of God that you saw. He will do something different in this new season, tomorrow, next tomorrow, next year. Because God is always in the business of blessing, remember, He is Christ Himself. Look at what it says here. Verse 17 signed the whole thing and said, For the law was given through who? Law was given through who? Come and say Moses. Come and say Moses. Shall we finish that scripture? Say it again. Say it again. Can you see that the Bible is so, is so truthful? I mean, when you, if you read anything in the Bible, the Bible says something, you can go to any other scripture, thousand years after, two thousand years after, four thousand years after, it's saying the same thing. The family of God is the pillar and the foundation of truth. Why? Because grace and truth came through the pillar, Christ. Do you know, choir, I want to sing this song every day for me. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my life. Okay, you will sing it for me throughout every day in this meeting. That is what was ringing in my spirit towards this season. That scripture tells me about my maker. It tells me about my Lord. It tells me about my God. It tells me about my brother. It tells me about my friend. Another song you will sing for me. You are my friend and you are my brother even though you are 
my king. I love you more than any other, so much more than anything. You alone, you are my strength, my shield. To you alone, may my spirit yield. You The life, he is the light from the fullness of his grace. We have all received what one blessing after another. Say, Blessing is mine, another blessing is mine. It will happen in my life, it happens in my house. Listen to me, that is Jesus for you. What we are looking at tonight is who is this Jesus? Let me take you to deeper waters. Go back to that Colossians 1.15. I love it. It says, it is just verse 16 we're explaining now. By him all things were made, were created, things in heaven and things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominion, powers, rulers and authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is before all things, in him all things hold together. Now, look at verse 18. And he is the head of who? Of me. Hallelujah, somebody. God is my head. Somebody say so. His name is Jesus. He is the head of the body, which is the church of God. The church of God triumphant. He is the head of the church. My commanding officer is Jesus of Nazareth. Hello, somebody. Everywhere I go, Jesus go because he is my head. I think like him, I see like him, I reason like him, I walk like him, I sleep and wake up like him. He is my head. It is the head that has the brain, the faculty. I am what he is, I am not what he is not. He is my head. Listen to me. It doesn't matter what people do about the church, but the church of God is here. Jesus is here the head of his church, not the building. Not the people who profess him. In the midst of those who say we are Christians or not, Jesus is still the head. He is the head of those who are the body, not those who are the flock following. He's the head of the body. Among massive of people, mass people of all over the world claiming that they are Christians, Jesus is only a Christian is only revealed by who is your head. Who you listen to, who you answer to, that is what determines those who are born again. Are you with me now? So in the midst of massive people saying they're going to church, it's only those who are submitted to the headship of Jesus, they are the only body of Christ. And all what I'm saying, they are the only one who can experience it. Some it will look like a, a fiction. If anybody's listening to me and when I'm talking about, you, about Jesus, it looks like a fiction to you. Just submit your, your headship under him. Submit to his headship, rather. The scripture cannot be broken. I love this. We will soon finish now. Who is this Jesus? That's what we are talking about. Hmm. It says, Is he head? He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, because he is the first dead to resurrect. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. Did you see the reason why God came to die? Okay? Because he has to be the first in everything. So he died that he may be the first among the dead. Who rose from the dead. To lay down the, the procedure of resurrection. I will rise with him. What about you? <laughs> For God was pleased. Well, 19. For God was pleased to have 
All his fullness dwell in him. All what God is, is what Christ is. Thank you for that, amen. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, he controls all things. That's the reason why at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. He said, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Hallelujah, somebody. Then look at verse 21. It says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, that's me and you. But now, that is over. Somebody say it is over. But now you have been what? Reconciled. Your past have no more record because of the shed blood of the living God. God paid with his life. His name is Jesus. I love it. Once before, we were alienated, but no more. But now, he has reconciled you by God's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without what? Blemish and free from what? <coughs> hey, you didn't understand that. <coughs> How many of you have given your life to Jesus? Wave your hands to me. You know what Bible is saying to me? When you are born again, many of you, you know this, you will always remember your past, isn't it? Isn't it? Your past don't form you. When a man crossed the bridge of salvation, the Bible says Jesus, God will present that man to himself through the blood. And he says, that man before God is holy without sin. Listen to me. We were sinful before. We were guilty of sin. In sin did our mother conceive us. In sin we were born. In sin we grew. Nobody taught us to lie. We just decided to lie because we are human. We did evil because we are human. Even some of us, the evil that we, want, we don't want to do is the evil we keep on doing. And when salvation kicks in, the Bible says that you, the, the Father took you through the blood of the Lamb. Haven't taken you and I through the blood of the Lamb. He says he presented us to himself as holy in his sight. So when God looks at a condemned man now born again, he did not see what he did before. He did not see. Somebody was talking with me <clears throat> recently, I think it was on this Nigerian trip. And the person was telling me what she did when she was not born again. No, it was before I went. What she did when she was not born again. And she could not get out from his mind that. He said, maybe these are the sins that is punishing me. And unfortunately, some foolish people who call themselves the messengers of God lie to her that God is punishing you for your past. And she believed it. And so they recommended deliverance for her for the past. Come on now. The past that God said, I remember no more. A woman that was standing before God as holy and blameless, a person who called himself messenger of God is telling him, the sins that you committed before is before you. The sins of your forefathers is before you. How can you reconcile that? God said, those who are born again, he present them because of the shed blood of Jesus as Blameless. Don't you understand what blamelessness means? It means that what you did, you will not be blamed for it. God took the blame and said, No, this one has been pardoned. He cannot be, you can't blame him anymore. All the things that he did before, Satan made him do it. So I have died for him. I have redeemed him. I paid the price for him. He's supposed to be jailed to hell. And I went to hell and took the power from hell. And I destroyed hell. So that those who believe in me, when they come before me, it is very, very insulting to God. For a Christian to go to God and begin to tell God all the sins of his fathers. 
and asking God to forgive you and asking God, all the sins I committed when I was growing up, forgive me. How many times will God forgive a sin that he had forgiven? Listen to me. Because, you see, there are people in the church of God today who don't know who Jesus Christ is. They don't even know the word of God. They tell those that Jesus has set free, they lay more burden upon them. Anybody who does that, Jesus said, it's better to tie a stone on his neck and drown him. That's the reason why in this season, God will raise many people like yourself, who will go to the world and let the people know, if you repent of your sins and you accept Jesus, your sins are gone, gone, gone. You are blameless. If you are blameless, how can you suffer for the consequence of sin? God said, you are blameless. In other words, if you are blameless, how can he blame you for the sins of your father? He didn't blame you for your own sins anymore. How can that God now blame you for the sins of your forefathers? That is not equitable. It's nonsense teaching. My father used to be a wizard. I'm looking for somebody who will come and tell me that because your father was a witch with us, we come to take the ransom. Hallelujah, somebody. That person will not tell the story what will happen to him. Or that spirit, amen. Listen to me. Because God presented you and I blameless, 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 blameless. I've committed abortion, I've killed many people, no problem, you did. But now you are, you are blameless. You didn't do those things as far as God is concerned. Since you got born again, I was, a, I was a thief, I was a robber, I was a mugger, I was a whatever you call, you call, you call yourself. You did those things because of your controller, the devil. Ephesians chapter, chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 applies. But now when you come to the balm of Gilead, the God who became flesh and died for you, and he called to you and you said, yes, Lord, here am I. And you came to him and you said, I will, I'm a sinner, please help me. And he said, I paid the price. Come on now, come on now. You enter to the blood of the Lamb. By the time you come out of the blood of the Lamb to the other side, the angels of God will close you with a garment called holiness. It is the holiness that is imputed upon man, not the holiness that man earned because of his excellence, but the holiness that God imputed upon man. As God gave flesh to man, he gave holiness to the saints that, that are born again. As nobody can take your flesh from you, no man can take the holiness of God from you. It came by the blood of the Lamb. Nobody can take the pardon that God has given to you. Nobody can contaminate it. Nobody can take it from you. He gave it to you because of the blood of Jesus. He paid with his life. Come on now. I go anywhere free. I can walk anyhow, anywhere in the world. I have nothing to fear. If anything comes against me and says to me that, you, are you not Alfred Williams? Yes, your father is Kokonitiko, you know, I say yes. He says, I was the Satan that your father was serving. I said, God bless you out. I have not bowed down my head to any idol. And if I had, I, I, I now changed the, the bow to Jesus Christ. Because of some of you who say that, well, I used to be a witch, no problem. You are a witch. Now, you bow your Satan, now you now bow to God. Anybody you bow your head to is the one who controls your head. Are we together now? <clears throat> Don't you sing this song? Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a fortress. Of glory divine is of salvation, purchase of God, but of His Spirit washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior.
my story changed. Yes, my story changed. My story changed. I was a failure, now I'm a success. Hello, somebody. I used to be fearful, now I'm a bold person. I could not sleep before because of fear. Now I shall lay down and sleep in peace for you alone, oh God. Make it me dwell in safety. My story changed from salvation. Come on. I say my story changed. What about you? Don't let the devil tell you what you are not. I am a saint of God. I am a saint. Come on now. I say that you are God's saints. Hello, somebody. If anybody is saint, you are the saint that is living on earth. Your sainthood does not begin after death. It begins now that you are born again. St. Alfred, what about you? I can't hear you. Tell the person what saint you are. Tell the person beside you. Hallelujah forevermore. Let God be true forever. I will close you straight away. Can you imagine? St. Alfredo it is saints. Hallelujah forevermore. How many saints are here? Wave your hands to me. You are the saint of God. Because God did not only save you. Can you imagine? The Bible says God said we are his righteousness. Somebody wants to look for righteousness of God, just look at me. That's it. It's not by virtue of my work of perfection, but by virtue of he who died for me. He says, verse 22, but now he has reconciled us, you, by Christ's physical body, through death to present you holy in his sight. God, God cannot see you and see evil anymore. When he looks at you, he sees a holy man. Holy man by the blood of the Lamb. Without blemish. I say, without blemish. Come on, stop blaming yourself. You are without blame before God. This scripture is so clean, man. It says, free from accusation. If anybody accused you of what you did in the past, tell him that that's not you. Because that one who did it died 2,000 years ago. And he resurrected now. You died when Jesus died. Listen to me. But if you look at verse 23, it says, How would he brought you and I into this holiness? How would he given us the garment of righteousness that we can say we are saints of God? Angels will pass, and when they see the blood of Jesus, they bow before a Christian. These are the saints of God. That is the reason why if any demon is trying to molest you and you are a Christian, angels are waiting there, eager for you to give a command. They just expect you to recognize who you are and say, in the name of Jesus, they will finish every spirit instantly. Instantly. There is no demon of hell that has power or supremacy over angels. The whole of hell, only one angel will take care of them. Talk less. You have many angels. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. He says, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? That's you and I. Listen to me. Finally, he says, verse 23. If you continue in your faith, establish and firm. So, you have this, you are holiness of God. You are blameless before God if you remain a saint. That is a Christian. You cannot deny Jesus for anything. Listen to me. If any thought comes to your mind because of physical circumstances, that does not determine God is. God is God before you were born. He is God where you are born. He said to you yesterday in the book of Isaiah 46 that from the day you were born to your old age and gray hair, he said what? I am your God and I will be with you. If you were not in the, in the Bible study, sorry for you. Now, God told us yesterday that. Yes, isn't it? I want to hear yes if you are yes. Uh-huh, yes. So that those who didn't come will come next week. Hallelujah. I didn't hear amen very well. Don't let your amen go into cooler. Listen to verse 23. If you continue in your faith in the living God, 
If you don't allow circumstances of life, allow the devil to use circumstances of life to change your mind. I wonder people, who, all these people who are into deliverance and stuff nonsense, telling other people that it is sins that they committed that is holding them back. I think if somebody came to me as a minister and sin is holding him, I would just say to him that there is only one way you can be free. Accept Jesus Christ now. Because if you accept him, you become blameless, isn't it? Come on now. It's not deliverance that makes you blameless. No, 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 no. That's why those who go for deliverance, Satan say, bind them. Because they are using wrong medication. The medication for deliverance is to accept Jesus Christ and continue the faith. Hello? And if you are blameless, there is nothing any man can do to blame you. Because you are blameless. Blameless means there is no blame to be blamed. <laughs> are we not together? But you must continue in the faith, established and firm, not move from the hope held out in the gospel. Come on now. Don't believe any teaching that is contrary to this teaching of the gospel. This is the gospel that you had. And that has been proclaimed in el- to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Alfred Williams, have become a servant of the Lord. Rise up on your feet. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God for the gospel of Jesus. Begin to thank God for the liberty in Christ Jesus. Begin to celebrate that you are blameless. God set me free. God set me free. Begin to give God the praise and honor and glory. Begin to tell God how holy you are by the blood of Jesus. I am as holy as God because my holiness is from Him. He imputed it upon me because of His Son. I thank you, Father, for making me holy. I thank you, Father, for making me blameless. I thank you, Father, for justifying me. I was a sinner saved by grace, but now made holy by the blood of the Lamb. I celebrate Jesus. I celebrate the blood of Jesus. I celebrate the Holy Spirit of God. I bless you, my King. I bless you, my God. I bless you, my King. I bless you, my God, for saving me. Who is like you, O oh God? You delivered my father from the devil. You delivered my mother from the devil. You deliver me. You deliver my children. My ancestors shall be for the Lord forever. Yay! But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, 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 holy in his sight. Without blemish. Without blemish. God does not blame me for my past. Oh my God. Come on, begin to thank God for that grace. Begin to thank God. God, who did not blame you anymore? Begin to thank Him. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God. You are the righteousness of God. Somebody celebrate God. Somebody celebrate God. Somebody celebrate God. Somebody celebrate God. You didn't get me, just begin to thank God for His holiness. Thank God because He has made you holy. He has made you blameless. He has made you holy. You are not guilty of any sin anymore. Jesus paid the price. You are not guilty anymore. You can never live in guilt if you are born again. The Bible says, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the Lord, Spirit of life has set me free from the Lord of sin and death. Lift up your voice and worship Him. Yea, Lord, I praise you. Yea, Lord, I exalt you. Yea, Lord, I bless you. Yea, Lord, you are my holiness. I am blameless. 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 Begin to tell God, I will stop blaming myself from today. That I know that I am blameless before you. Tell the Lord, I will never blame myself anymore. You paid the price for me. You paid the price, Jesus. You paid the price for.
for me. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for making me holy. Now we're going to tell the Lord, help me, O Lord, to be in faith. Help me to keep my faith in you. Help me to keep my faith in you. Help me never to doubt you anymore. Help me to continue to love you. Help me to continue to appreciate you. Oh Lord, my God, help my soul. Help my soul. Help my soul. Help my soul to be established firm. Be immovable. For with God, all things are possible. Hey, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. I can't hear that amen. I don't like that kind of amen. I say, this is St. Peju. Shiju. St. Shiju. Hallelujah. St. Toyen. Hallelujah, somebody. Do you know something? I want to go and dwell on that word. As a, as a person trained in law, I understand the word blameless. Okay? Deeper. When a man is discharged and acquitted, okay, that means he is acquitted for the purpose of that crime. Okay? But he's not blameless. Somebody was acquitted recently.